We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for being part of Adventures in the Spirit. We are now in season three of this podcast. We have seen almost 200 some odd thousand downloads and live streaming. We've had some incredible guests through this time. We've got some new initiatives going on out there as we've launched a new members-only podcast. Uh, it When you become a member of that podcast, Spirit Empowered Living with Jared and Rochelle Lasky, you help save lives, help us rescue sex trafficking victims, and support orphans as well. So uh, the link is provided right here in the podcast description to become a member to save lives for the new Spirit Empowered Living with Jared and Rochelle Lasky podcast. And that's available for you. But again, you know, this is Adventures in the Spirit podcast. This is and always will be free. This is interview and conversational style. So I'm so excited for my special guest today. A friend of mine, Quincy Burt, recommended I bring Derek Snodgrass uh, to this podcast. He's a spiritual trailblazer. He's a visionary. He's an innovator, and he serves as a senior leader and founder of the Spiritual Prosperity Empowerment Center. His desire is to draw the unsaved and help them in, come into a better life, being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ and becoming spirit-empowered believers. So please help me welcome Derek to Adventures in the Spirit. Derek, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hey, Jared, thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. I appreciate you having me. Well, it's my honor, man. I'm excited for this. Uh, we were talking, you know, in the, I guess, in the online studio just a few minutes ago. You're a man of God. You're a man of the fire of the Holy Spirit. Uh, how did Jesus get a hold of your life? How did Jesus get a hold of my life? That's a great question, Jared. So, you know, I pretty much was born and raised in church my whole life. I initially gave my life to the Lord at nine years old. And, um, you know, did, did my best to, you know, live for God, serve the Lord. And um, I think at nine years old, I pretty much being raised Pentecostal was like hell scared. And uh, that's why I got saved. And I remember specifically sitting next to my mom and I told her, I said, I want to be saved. And she said, why do you want to be saved? I said, because I don't want to go to hell. And uh, Pentecostal, they're screaming at you. It's a lot of fear, you know, and that type of thing. And that's what caught my attention. And, you know, today, of course, I don't recommend that as a method because it should be the Lord, the love of God that draws us to a relationship with him. But that is what brought me in. And ultimately, as time will go on, I would actually fall in love with Jesus. Amen. And um, at 16, I rededicated my heart to him. And I remember praying a prayer, Jerry, and I was talking to both of my parents again at 16. And I said, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. And I prayed, man, and I told God, like, if you fill me with your Holy Spirit, I said, if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I will never look back. And um, a few months later, man, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, radically baptized in the Spirit, radically transformed. And now that was about 20 years ago, and I never looked back. How were you baptized with the Holy Spirit? 
Oh man. So what ends up happening, um, August the 12th, I, um, 2003, August 12th, 2003, we're in a three day revival. And I went to this revival and I was seeking the baptism of the Holy spirit. And I remember that during that period of time of three days, I stopped eating completely. I stopped drinking. I went on a, a complete dry fast and I just said, Lord, everything that you have for me, I want it. And so I cut off watching television. I wasn't listening to secular music. I wasn't playing any sports. I literally locked myself in my room, Jared, got my Bible out and just began to research everything that I could on baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it took me all over the scriptures, but I really landed in the book of Acts. And I saw that people commonly, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues or either they prophesied when they were baptized in the Spirit. That's what I kept seeing. And um, so, you know, I said, Lord, if this is you, kind of like Peter, you know, bid me to come to you. If it's you, I want everything you have. I'm not going to put any limitations on you, however you want to do it. I just want your spirit. And I went to the revival meeting the first night. Pentecostals, we did something called tearing. We went to an altar and we just basically called on Jesus. And um, yeah, I was like down there with my eyes closed. And um, man, within the first 10 or 15 minutes, I remember I just began to visualize the sacrifice Jesus made for me. I would see him on the cross in my mind's eye and I saw him being crucified. And I was really just trying to be so focused, tune out all the distractions, all of the music, everything that was going around, other people who were seeking the baptism. And it was just a moment with me and God. And for the first time, man, I remember I felt the Holy Spirit on the outside of me and it was like pushing me back. And so I'm at the altar call on Jesus, but I start to feel the presence of God for the first time. And I have no paradigm for that. And um, I remember during that moment, it became so real. The music became very faint. People were screaming and crying, and it was like I transcended beyond that. I couldn't hear the people anymore. And I remember I was being pushed back. I still have this imagery in my mind, and I remember tears started to flow down, and it was such a connection point, man. The Holy Spirit, which was the first time I felt him ever that was on the outside of me, I felt the Holy Spirit come into me for the first time. And when he came into me, I remember my hands flew up. I flew about four feet off the ground and I was literally airborne. We have wooden benches in these old Pentecostal churches and I hit this bench, man. And it was like, I landed on a bag of feathers. And at the moment simultaneously that I flew back, my tongue got loose and I started speaking in a language that I had never been taught effortlessly. And I started to roll around on the ground like I was on fire. And um, when I came up or when I came to, man, everything changed. I began to, it was like an impartation. I could hear, I could hear God. I could see God. I started to have visions. I started to have prophetic dreams. God started speaking to me and I was literally on fire for the Lord at 16 years old. Amen. What has God done since then? I mean, you know, I could identify with, with your experience. My baptism with the Holy Spirit was life transformational, incredible. And I honestly believe that when I received it, I received an anointing. And I've seen thousands of people receive what I call the, you know, the precious baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and tongues follows and is part of that to empower them to become better equipped witnesses for Jesus. And so I've been on fire ever since. Now, life has been pretty crazy. <laughs> you know, it's got its ups and downs. It could be brutal to us, but I still had that fire of God upon me no matter what. 
So what has God done uh, through you with that fire since then? Well, you know what? It's exactly what you just said, man. And I love that because the Bible says in Acts 1 and 8 that you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And basically, he says to be witnesses. And so the job of the Holy Spirit is to equip you, is to empower you, is to lead and guide you into all truth. So we don't receive this fire to keep it to ourselves. We receive it to give to someone else. You know, and as a result, man, I remember one of the first fruits other than the prophetic side of dreams and visions and intimacy and prayer. Other than that, man, I remember I received a boldness that I never had before. And um, that boldness is still on me to this day, you know, to help help you to effectively minister and spread the gospel. You know, and from that point on, man, um, I just began to witness. I began to tell people. And, you know, sometimes people think, Jared, that you have to have a microphone and a pulpit, but you will tell of the goodness wherever you go, the goodness of Jesus and what he's done for you. Kind of like the woman at the well. She went back and basically saved the city because you just can't keep it to yourself. Like, let me tell you about a man. And I remember that when that happened, man, I was completely different. And like I said, I was saved at nine, but this was different. I went back to my school and I started to tell everyone. I started to literally, we had something called SSR, silent sustained reading. And I would boldly take out my Bible, which was different. And I would just start reading the scriptures. And I remember one guy came up to me and he was like, can I tell you the truth about that Bible? And so I was like, yeah, I would love for you to tell me the truth about this Bible. So we went out in the hallway, we started having biblical discussions, man. And we were so passionate, so on fire for God. And we had different perspectives, but we we reasoned together. There was a tolerance, kind of like what we don't see today. You know, today you can't, there's an intolerance that's even infiltrating the body of Christ. It's like the spirit of the age where you agree with me or I cut you off or I denounce you. There's such a division and such a divisiveness. But I remember me and this guy, we had totally different perspectives. He didn't believe in the baptism of the spirit. He didn't believe anything, but we were still brothers and we loved each other and we agreed to disagree. But I remember that passion, man. It was like somebody would be walking in the hall and then another person would join us and sit down and another person would join us and sit down. And like now we're spreading this fire through our high school. And I remember that the group got so big that they wouldn't even let us sit in the hallways anymore. We had to rent a classroom. And during that one hour, we would have a Bible study. And so many testimonies came from that of just being prayed for and people receiving Jesus and being blessed. People wrote letters. So that's where it started, man. And then, of course, after that, I started preaching very soon. And I saw a lot of fruit as a result of that. People say, people deliver, demons cast out. I mean, my first sermon, a demon manifested, and we cast that demon out at 16 years old. And pretty much it's been a journey ever since, man. Oh, that's so exciting. At 16 years old, you're casting out demons. Dude, I, I'm totally into like, just throw it. Like I was a youth pastor for a number of years and I honestly enjoyed taking kids on short-term mission trips and just throwing them in and seeing God use them and laying hands on people, seeing the, the sick healed, you know, the demonized set free. Do you want to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Do you want to commune with the wonderful Holy Spirit like never before? Your adventure with Him will grow tremendously as you go through our Fellowship with the Holy Spirit e-course. You can study the course at your own pace, on your time. 
Fellowship with the Holy Spirit will help you know the Holy Spirit more and encounter Him every day. You'll learn His names, His character, His fruit, His personality, and more. Go to FirebornMinistries.com to purchase this life-changing program and start connecting with Him today. Can you share some testimonies as that uh, about other things that you've seen God do through the fire of God? Yeah, man, you know what? So like you're saying, it is it's a blank check. And I love what you said. Kind of like just throw people in there because sometimes people feel like, man, I have to go through years of training and I got to be equipped and I got to go to healing school and I got to go to supernatural school. And all of those things are wonderful. I've been to those things. But the Bible says you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but one come, one's coming after me who is greater than I, who shoes I'm not worthy to unlatch. And he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so ultimately, as soon as we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire, the baptism of spirit, we are equipped and we are ready. Whether it's today or 20 years from now, it's that same fire and it's that same spirit that gives us the ability to move in the supernatural, man. And, you know, I've just seen God do some amazing things, like I said, from healings, to salvations, to the miraculous, to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, I remember there was a woman, um, we at our church, we would do a food pantry and um, that would be weekly and we were connected to a food bank. And every Saturday we'd be out, you know, servicing the community, giving out food, but that was really just bait, man. Of course we wanted to help people in the natural, but it was a way because these people would not come to church. You know, so we were able to reach out to the community and it's fine because, you know, whether people join your church or not, the goal is to get them birthed into the kingdom. And ultimately, man, like that was like bait because everybody would come to get food. So over the course of like six years, we fed over 5000 people. Now, what ends up happening is people were coming for food, but then we would that would give us the opportunity or the right to be able to begin to talk to them about Jesus. And I remember that this woman came and she was like, I just need food. I haven't eaten, I don't have any money. And she was on two walker sticks. Literally, they were like these thin contraptions that she walked with and she was kind of bent over. She had two knee braces, one on each leg. And I asked her, I said, yeah, we can get you some food. And I said, can I ask you what's wrong with your legs? And she said, oh, I need knee, uh, double knee replacement. She was like, my knees are messed up and it's been like this for quite a while. And I was like, can I pray for them? And people are always weirded out because they are here for food. They're not expecting the spiritual side. So she was like, "Uh, yeah, you can pray for them, but I need surgery. And I was like, well, I believe that Jesus wants to heal you. I said, if you don't mind, I said, I'm just going to pray for you real quick and then we'll get you taken care of. And so I got down on my knees, Jerry, and I just literally put both of my hands on the knees simultaneously. And I just began to release the power of the Holy Spirit. And I began to call for a creative miracle that whatever was done, I spoke to the ligaments, the tendons, the knees. And I just said, brand new knees in Jesus name. We come against anything that happened, any trauma as a result that caused her knees to give out or not properly work, man. And after I got done praying, it was a simple prayer. You know, sometimes it's the simple prayers that do the most damage. You know, so a lot of times when we really try and strive, we don't see the res- I don't see the results that I do when I just release it quickly and easily. And so I just prayed for her. 
I prayed for a creative miracle. And then I asked her, I said, do your knees feel any different? She said, they actually do feel different. She said, but I'm afraid to take these knee braces off because I'll fall. And so I said, it's okay. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. I said, your knees, you know, they're fine. I said, just go home. And when you feel comfortable, get on your bed and take your knee braces off and begin to do something you can do. And so she comes back a week later, Jared, and she has no, neither one of the walking contractions. Both casts are off of her knees and she was completely healed. And she literally was crying. She gave me the biggest hug. She bought me a card and um, I gave all glory to Jesus. But she said, I have never experienced anything like that in my life. She said, my coworkers are all confused because they said, well, you need a knee replacement. She said, because I have to sit down. She said, now I'm walking around. I said, well, how did it happen? She said, I just went home, like you said, took the knee braces off and there was no pain. So, you know, those are the types of things that God does and that stuff will never get old. And those are the adventures that we have with the Holy Spirit because, yeah. you know, it's it's endless. It's just being led by him, it's trusting him and it's being obedient when he speaks to us. And that's for all of us who are God's kids, am I right? Like, absolutely. Um, you mentioned sometimes we think it can only be that person on the pulpit with the microphone. No, God equips all believers, all his kids. Acts chapter 2, verses 38 through 39 says, The gift is to you, your children, and to all who are far off, all who call upon the name of the Lord. So, the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit is for all. And I think the in the Koine Greek language, the word all means all. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, means, it means all, right? Everyone right. calls on the name of God. But so you've been seeing the fire of God. How do you equip people in your church or through your ministry to live this as a lifestyle? You know what? So number one, discipleship is super key. You know, but a lot of times, you know, we say you can't um you can't um clean a fish until you catch it. So number one is getting the people in. But then number two is discipleship. You know, we've seen people in our ministry who we we met in food pantry who to this day have stayed connected to our church. They've been saved, baptized in spirit. And some of those people are the most radical on fire people. They have literally, and I'm just going to be honest, have outrun a lot of people in our church that have been in church their whole life. And um, I think that's the thing that can kind of come upon us all that we've experienced is that sometimes we go through dry seasons. And then sometimes, like, even though we've been baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, sometimes we get so accustomed to it and familiarity can be fatal that we have been in church our whole life. We've seen this thing and we can almost take a mentality where our relationship and our walk with the Lord becomes stale. But then those people who sin so much and God saved them for so much, they come in at the 11th hour and they are just ignited. So I think a lot of times one of the things that's important is to keep balance. We've seen that, that people get saved, they get baptized in the spirit, but then they haven't been discipled. So it's like a lot of fire, which is good. And I think Smith Wigglesworth said wildfire is better than no fire. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, at the same point, people need substance and they need the word. So having like mentoring sessions, having like discipleships and Bible studies and home groups and really opportunities, what I like personally, where there can be an interactive Bible study, that's kind of like old fashioned in today's culture, where it's more of a lecture style in most churches. But I think it's really good when the people can ask questions, when they can interact openly in a forum and say, this doesn't make sense to me, or how should I handle this situation? And so that's what we really have seen, man. And I encourage everybody to make sure that your foundation is firm, make sure that you're planted and established in the word of God. 
And um, I think, man, sometimes we see an imbalance in the body where sometimes people really are into the spirit and then they are low on word. Or then you see people who are really into the word, but then they're low on spirit. And again, Smith Wigglesworth, one of my favorite generals, he said and prophesied that there was a move where there would be a merging between spirit and word, that it wouldn't be top heavy on word and then it would be more spirit, but it would be a perfect balance because we need both. And Jesus had both. Not only did Jesus move in the miraculous, but when he would teach and preach, they said they never heard anybody teach or explain the word like he did. And so um, that's what I really encourage people to do is make sure that your your anchor and your footing and your foundation is built on the word of God. Amen. I am in full agreement with you there. I mean, I you and I both have seen people go a little way too far off in one way or another. Uh, and I've had the privilege and the honor of being part of different moves of God, different denominations, associations. I've got friends everywhere. You know, um, I've got... A couple of degrees, you know, one from uh, Pentecostal uh, Bible College, uh, a master's from a fundamental Baptist seminary where they they love the word. They love the word. And then I've got my personal experience and encounter with Holy Spirit from years ago. Uh, and then, you know, I went to Regent University, you know, which is diverse and ecumenically spirit empowered, you know, with in the renewal movement. But we need that balance on the word of God. You know, yeah. um, what would you say to someone who is uh, who is questioning the fire of God, questioning uh, what we're talking about today, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, the fire of God? You know what? I think to somebody who's questioning, you know, is this real? Is this God? You know, number one, we have to take our limits off of God. We can't box God in. We can't okay. put our perspective. Yeah and have this expectation that God has to meet my needs and come and fulfill what he said he's gonna do in the way that I expect him to. God is too big to be boxed in. And so I think, like I said, with Peter, when Peter was in the boat with the disciples, you know, Jesus is walking on the water. Now to the disciples, this looks like something scary. Um, they immediately, their recourse is that this is a ghost. So they're thinking from the best that they can tell, Jesus has never appeared to them in this way that has been recorded in scripture. And now he's appearing in a way that defies logic and natural laws. He's actually walking on the water in the midst of a storm. So the disciples are freaking out because they said it's a ghost. But Peter is that one. And I want to be like Peter, Jared, because Peter's that one. It's like, listen, I don't care what it looks like. It kind of looked like Jesus to me. Like it doesn't, it's not packaged in the way that we expect. And Jared, don't we always ask God, Lord, do a new thing? You know, behold, I do a new thing. Watch it spring forth. And then when he does something new that doesn't fit our paradigm, we reject it. So we say, like, God, do a new thing. But when it doesn't fit our desire and our expectations, we don't receive it or we demonize it because people fear what they don't understand. So the deal is this the Bible says you can't pour new wine into an old wineskin. And a lot of times we have tried to use an old structure expecting a new move of God. So if there is new wine, which is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he says, listen, you can't pour new wine into old wineskin because it'll burst. So if you try and put a new outpour into an old vessel, you'll lose the outpour and you'll lose the structure as well. So we have to be open to a new move of God. God doesn't change. Listen, God is the same yesterday, today and forever. 
but his methods change, his systems change, the way he operates changes. You know, if it didn't change, then we would still be going through a high priest and offering a sacrifice and blood at an altar. So God's methods do change. You have to be open to what God is doing and you have to have a Peter moment. God, if it's you, let me come to you. When Moses asked God, you know, God, who should I tell them is sending me? You know, should I tell them that the healer's sending me? And God basically like, you know, you know, you could tell them that the healer is sending you, but that is, I'm more than that. And then, you know, should I tell them to deliver? Well, I'm the deliverer, but I'm more than that. Like you can't define God. When you define God, you come find God. So ultimately God just says, listen, just tell them I am sent you. It's a blank check. That's perfect. Tell them I am sent you. What, what does that mean? If you need healer, if you need healing, I'm your healer. If you need deliverance, I am your deliverance. If you need wisdom, I am all wisdom. Whatever you need, and this is for anybody who's listening to this, God is. God is everything that you could ever need, want, or desire. So don't box God in. Have an open mind. Have an open mind to what God wants to do for you and through you and in your life. And uh, Jared, I remember even we talk about the baptism of the spirit that I received at 16. Here's the deal. And I'm just going to be honest. As time went on, years went on, I became dry again in my walk with the Lord. I started to become like Monday. My fire started to dwindle because it's almost like you have to keep logs on the flame. Just like in a marriage, you got to continue to date your spouse. You can love them and be married and everything. But if you don't keep dating them and if you're not intentional, intentional about making time with them, you can get caught up in the busyness of your schedules and of life and of children and grow apart. And my walk with the Lord became dry, man. And I remember it got to a place where I was pastoring and I said, God, I'm desperate. I'm desperate for more of you. And if you don't change this, like, I don't know, I would rather just work a normal job and be done with this and just pray for people and be a good Christian. I wasn't about to walk away from God. But it was just like, there's more. There has to be more. And I remember I began to press into God, press into his presence. And if anybody is listening to this right now, I encourage you to do the same. Yeah. Like, if you have any questions about this, you just go to God in prayer. And you ask God, like, give me everything that there is to have of you. God, I want more of your spirit. I want more of your anointing. I'm hungry for it. Man, when I cried that out of my heart, it didn't come instantly. But within maybe about three to four months, I didn't ease up on the gas. I kept praying. I kept pursuing the Lord. I kept reading the word. And one night, I'll never forget it. One night in January of 2018, I was literally, I had my book out. I had my Bible out. I was at my computer desk. And I remember the Holy Spirit came in the room, man. And God literally began to guide me to scriptures, scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. And all of these scriptures, man, were really speaking to God's intimacy and his desire for relationship with us. And it totally transformed everything because it went from like black and white to full HD. It was like the word jumped off the page in full color. And I remember, man, it was basically like I, for the first time, realized truly that God was near. He was personal. He was right here with me. Like the kingdom wasn't like out there in space and God wasn't a billion miles away sitting on a throne only. But he was also very present. He was a very present help. He was currently right here with me. He knew where I was. He located me. The very sentiments of my heart, man, without effort, every single scripture spoke to it directly. And I remember I just began to weep and mourn. Now, listen, 
when I talk about this, this was like the spirit of brokenness came on me. And I wrote a book called The Supernatural Power of Tears. And this was the first birthing of that. The spirit of brokenness came on me and I wasn't a crier. Like I, in Pentecostalism, we praise, we run around, we jump over pews, we run around the building, like we have a party. So we're running gun type of people. We're not sitting at the feet and weep and pour our hearts out like the one with alabaster. We didn't know that side of it. And dude, for the first time, I began to weep so profusely, I could have filled up a 32 ounce cup with snot and tears. And something hit my heart and pierced me in a way that I'd never known before. And I wept sore. I was completely broken. And the only thing that I could do, Jared, without effort, like I didn't practice this moment. I didn't even know I was about to enter into an encounter like this. I started weeping and repenting. And I started saying, God, I'm so sorry. God, please forgive me. God, please clean me up. And I had no conscious sin that I was even aware of. I was doing the best I could to live right. But out of my soul just came pure repentance because I saw God as I had never seen him before. I saw him as a holy God. I saw him as a majestic God. I saw the radiance of God. I saw the glory of God. And it was never God putting his finger in my face. I didn't visibly see anything, but I never felt him so near to me. And he wasn't saying, Derek, you're bad. You should be condemned. I'm holy. But in the light of his glory, I was exposed for who I truly was. I saw my sinful nature. And in that moment, even though I lived a good moral life, I knew it was not good enough to measure up to the goodness of God. I knew that as far as my salvation was concerned, I clearly saw, listen, I only got this because of my faith. It was a gift. Literally, I received justification. And God says, listen, you're saved because I give it to you. So I understood in that moment, I received an impartation for mercy. I understood that if I never sinned from that day until the day that I died, it would never measure us to the goodness of God. And long story short, man, I really was reignited in my faith. And that was birthed out of desperation. That was birthed out of the spiritual hunger. And if you're hungry for the Lord right now and you're watching this, I want to challenge you to press into God, to press into his presence, to press into his goodness, to really steal away in prayer. Say you got some questions. I don't know about the fire of God. I don't know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's never happened for me. I want you to be like Peter. And I really want you to just put a blank check out there and say, God, I'm putting no limitations on you. Those stories are intriguing, but I haven't experienced it. But God, if it's you, bid me to come to you. God, fill me with your spirit or show me and teach me and let me know that this is you. And the Bible says, listen, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to you? How much more will he give his Holy Spirit freely? And a lot of times the enemy will try and get us to a place of fear, like, well, well, what if that's bad? What if I get the wrong spirit? What if something happens as a result of me opening myself up? Listen, the Bible says if you ask for a fish, he won't give you a serpent. If you right. ask for bread, he won't give you a bag of coals. And so in other words, God is not going to let you slip off into error if you are truly after him. Your desire for more of God has to be greater than your fear that the devil can tempt you and put you on a wrong path. And so I just want to pray for those, if it's okay, Jared, that That's are good. watching. And I just want to pray an impartation for 
um, the fire of God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that you would be even ignited in your faith and ignited in spiritual hunger. And so wherever you are right yeah. now, I just want yeah. you to lift up your hands and I just want to begin to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now for those that are watching this interview, God. I thank you that there are people on the line right now, God, who are intrigued, God, who have been seeking and searching for more, God, but they don't really know what it looks like or how it how it is to be done, or they have questions. Is it authentic? Is that truly the spirit of God? Because it conflicts with their paradigm and their religious branding. Father, I just break off the spirit of religion right now in the name of Jesus, that control, that manipulation, God, that bad paradigm or that old system, God, those that are sincerely seeking for more of you, God, you said, if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we will be filled. So Holy Spirit, fill them right now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray right now that they will receive a baptism of your Holy Spirit, that they would receive a baptism of fire, God. I thank you right now that you're going to equip them. You're going to empower them, God. I thank you for strategies. I thank you for dreams and visions that are coming to pass, God. I thank you that there's an impartation, God, even virtually, God, that you said that we would lay hands on the sick and that they will recover, that you said that we would stir up the gift of God that is within us by the laying on of hands. Father, I speak right now, God, to those individuals that are watching this right now, God, sincerely crying out for more of your spirit, God. Father, ignite their souls. Set them ablaze, God. Let them be kingdom carriers, God, of your glory, God. Let them be witnesses, God, witnesses to men, God, that they will go out into the world and compel men to come. Father, I thank you right now that they'll never be the same, God, that they will not go back to the mundane, God. But I thank you that you're calling them to a higher place. I thank you call, they're calling them to an ascended place, that yep. they are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and that they war from that plane and from that realm, God. I yep. thank you for everything that you're doing in their lives. God, and I thank you for everything that you're doing in the kingdom, that we're coming into a time of revival, to of reformation, and of restoration. Father, restore your body. We speak unity, we speak peace, God, and we speak the power and intimacy of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. This is powerful, Derek, as we're talking about the fire of God and hearing what God's been doing in you and through you. Uh, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you for more information? Um, yeah, man, you can add, you guys can add me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, Derek Snodgrass, like my page on there, or you can add me on Instagram, Derek Snodgrass. And then you can also go to my website, glorytakeover.tv. Again, that's glorytakeover.tv. That's awesome. I'm putting that right up on the screen right here, glorytakeover.tv. Reach out to Derek Snodgrass, my new friend. Yes, yes, I had a very incredible time. And, um, you know, the, the, I know that the Holy Spirit moved in power. I want to encourage people who are listening in, into this to reach out to Derek. Let us know, or let him know what God did in you and through you during this time, whether you received uh, the, you felt the presence of God, you felt uh, the heavy liquid or the fire and the love of God upon you, whether you were healed, reach out to Derek and uh, be, be filled up you know, with the wonderful Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Um, so this is uh, distributed on all podcast platforms. So please feel free to subscribe to this. But I want to encourage everybody, share it. Share this episode, whether you, you, you're watching it on YouTube or um, Twitch or Twitter or uh, any of the other cross-posting channels that we've got, whether you're listening to it on Apple, share it. 
so that other people can receive the power and the fire of God. Derek, thank you so much for being part of Adventures in the Spirit. So much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in the Spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com, and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in the Spirit.